We want to read you a little uh, nonprofit sponsor from hashtag Schools Not Prisons. Schools Not Prisons is the leading brand at the intersection of art, culture, and activism since 2016. Schools Not Prisons has reached millions of people and connected hundreds of artists with grassroots youth-serving organizations across the United States. Schools Not Prisons supports campaigns that are creating a new vision of safety centered on health, healing, and investing in people. For more information, visit schoolsnotprisons.us. Please so go rad. there. Please Health, visit. healing, and investing in humans. Right? It's about time. It's, it is about time. Hello, and welcome to Launch Left. I'm Rain Phoenix. And I'm Summer Phoenix. And we are a space for famed creatives to launch the next wave of music rebels. And we're also an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but, but a necessity. necessity. Today's guest is someone uh, that fits all those bills, doesn't he? Oh my God, this is so exciting. I've just been listening to your record for all day long and I'm just, I couldn't be more, If you, I know you want to introduce him. Okay, sorry, go. <laughs> no, I like it because he schooled me on how to pronounce his name and I'll probably still mess it up. Griff Rees is on the show with us today of super furry animals fame, but most notably of, of a record called, I'm going to let you say what it's called. Pang. Huh? Pang. 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 With an exclamation point. Yeah. It's so good. And the bio is so good. Did you write that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I wrote someone an email with some information in it. And maybe some of it made its way. It's really good. Into the bio, I'm not sure. I didn't read the bio. It made me excited about it because every every sort of sentence ended with pang with an exclamation oh, point. Great. And I thought that was very clever. <laughs> it kind of kept it alive, you know? What language are you singing in? And... Um, and it's just it's the most happy, lovely, exciting music. There, it's tribal. It almost sounds like um, Brazilian or Portuguese. Like, what's going on? Okay, well, it's the Welsh language. It is. So I, I could. I mean, I was. I thought, well, that would make sense, but I just had no idea that that's what yeah. it sounded like. And it sounds from what I believe it's some kind of Celtic language, um, but the Romans invaded. So the grammar and a lot of the vocabulary is Latin. So it's a, it's a mixture. It Was that your first language or was that something you learned in school or? Um, it's my first language. So I, I come from a community where um, the language is the majority language uh, in it's mostly a rural language, um, and it was spoken all over Wales, and but suppressed. Um, so now it's only spoken by about twenty percent of people, um, and those areas are mostly rural. But I now live in the city, where it's spoken by, I don't know, ten twenty percent of people. You know, but so it, it's gone through a really hard time language but it's much more visible now because it's allowed to exist um after the protest movements of the 60s and 70s and kind of persuaded everyone that it should be let back into public life and your and producer i'm going to cut in okay it's from johannesburg correct 
Yeah. And what's his name? You're going to have to say it so I don't mess it up. It's a producer called Musi. Musi. And um, he's from the outskirts of Durban originally. And he's a, a house producer. Um, he puts out his own music, um, mostly in Zulu. Uh-huh. Um, and but he's a very innovative electronic producer with a, a great pop ear. Um, he insisted you sing in your native language, right? Wasn't it, he the and one? And is who, this the first record out of what I have been listening to? It seems to be the first record that you are singing um, this made, language. Well, I started off. I've been in, been writing songs since I was a teenager, and I put out um, three or four albums in the Welsh language with my first band, and then now and again I, I drop a Welsh language record. Um, not often enough. Um, but I sent Muzi a Welsh language track to remix and um, what he sent back was incredible it's the second track on the album and um, I asked him if he'd be interested in making a whole album and um, I think he was particularly interested in in the language because he thought it was fun something yeah he it's really a special piece. I, I want to ask you where, where, what, how old were you when you first discovered music and, and why did you choose music or, or did it choose, it always chooses you, right? But, yeah. Uh, but how old were you when that first dawned on you? Um, I was, I wrote my first song when I was about five years old. Wow. Uh, about getting old. <laughs> and, um, so yeah, I've been trying to sing ever since. You know, I'm not a very good musician, but I can write songs and something. So you play guitar to write songs, basically. Yeah. 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 And the rest of the I- instrumentation on the record is not you. Um, what did I play? I played the acoustic guitar, and uh, Musi kind of kept that central, and then. Um, there's someone called Nafamadi Kuyute, who's from Guinea and lives in Cardiff in Wales. And he played the balafon, um, a West African instrument. Um, so you hear that all over the record. And there's some brass. Uh, my friend Chris Jenkins engineered it and played percussion. Um, where did you record the record? In Cardiff, in Wales. Um, and I met Muzi in Johannesburg the, the previous year. I was there working on an album with the project Africa Express. And um, then Muzi came, came to Wales to finish the record and mix it. And yes. You um, So this feels like a very home-based record, right? Although international in your instrumentalists and your producer. But you have definitely a perspective on America in previous records. Um, did you ever spend any time here, like living here? And can you give us a sort of 
idea about what your point of view of America is in yeah. the exterior and interior of America? Yeah. Um, I did, um, I recorded, I recorded two albums with a friend called Boom Bip, um, who's based here in Los Angeles. So I spent a lot of time here and at one point I brought my family out here. We were living here for a few months and, um, you know, there's a, an energy in America that's difficult to match anywhere else. The, just the energy of the people and, um, and we very much had a great time and um, you know what what pulled us home was I suppose things like social services and uh, free healthcare and <laughs> you know because the weather's nice here you know it's just, just rains in in Wales but we have free hospitals <laughs> yeah we do not. <laughs> we don't have much that's great for the people. That's maybe why we have so much energy, this American energy that you speak of, is we're trying we're trying to get it. Trying to get yeah, it. Yeah. Um, are the nails on the left hand super long for exactly. like classical guitar, yeah. flamenco situation? Short short on the on the right, right. You're left handed. I, I play left handed. Nice. So long on the left, always. And then but Weirdly, I can't play if if I miss. If these are, have grown, I can't play, and if if these have fallen off, I can't play. So it's cannot play. <laughs> well, I'll I'll play, but it doesn't doesn't sound right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I have friends who super glue bits of plastic yeah, to their hands yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. an option. It does work. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, so you started young. Do you come from a family, a musical family, or were uh, you the only one? Yeah, I had a brother and sister who played guitars and bought punk rock records, and so I was sort of copying them. And your parents, and were they supportive? Yeah, but not to the point where it was suffocating. You know, they, they were supportive, but not, um, but didn't necessarily understand what I was doing, which. Maybe, which is maybe crucial, you know. <laughs> that's not over, over supportive. Uh huh. Yeah, seem seem to get it just right. And what about yeah. today? Um, today, I uh, well, in terms of support. Or, yeah, oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was great. I thought what. I've, what I've been doing today. Yeah, yeah I was like, sure. Oh, yeah. uh, he might, sure, if you he want might, to share no, that no, too, okay. I'm totally no, no, no. open. What did you have for breakfast today? Yeah, exactly, no. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So you were a musical family, or do your other siblings play music uh, as a way of life, or did they end up going in different directions? Uh, yeah, not as a way of life, but um, my brother still plays in bands, and mm. um, it's, um, and he, um, I was kind of copying him. He was playing left-handed. I'm right-handed, but <laughs> I was just copying his That's his style. Great. <laughs> um, and then, unfortunately, I, the only guitar when he moved out, the only guitar was my sister's guitar, which is right-handed. So I ended up 
learning to play um, a right-handed guitar upside down. Um, so I learned all wrong. And How much do you think that influenced your musical style? I, I think, it, yeah, it means I have a unique style. Uh-huh. It doesn't, it's not very good, but, you know, it's, a, it's my own. <laughs> my favorite artists always say they're not good. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's no true. Way. No. Humility is like, to me, a marker sure, of somebody who's really doing it. Absolutely. And Humility, I, you know, but self-facing behavior when you have found yourself um, with, um, you know, so much appreciation from fans and stuff. What do you, what, what, what's on the edge of your tongue dying to hear? Oh, I, I don't know. Um, it's been, um, I don't know. A bit, I just drove in from, uh, Kansas City mm. on over the plains and the, the mountains and the, um, so there's not many words on the tip of my tongue. I'm, I'm just kind of just been had this two day car journey, sort of white screen, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a really long show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm still um, processing that. But, uh, Are you on tour right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. So a tour of America. Yeah, a, a short tour, six shows. Um, and um, what is your outfit like? Not not like what you wear on uh, stage, but like uh, you have a van, you have two roadies, you have a guitar dude. Who do you uh, got with you? Power duo. Um, me and um, a drummer called Cliff's Good Luck, and. Um, we have a minivan and we've uh, driven across America um, from New York to North Carolina to Chicago over here Um, so yeah very very loose and relaxed and no um, no crew or anything is this your final stop? Uh, San Francisco will be the final stop are you excited about that? Yeah, it's well. I'm, I'm excited by all of it, and yeah. you know, I'm excited by this view, and you know, it's pretty incredible. But, uh, Who, um, w- when you were growing up, what what were some of the artists that influenced you, or that you were excited by, and made you want to learn to play better guitar and write songs? Do you have? Some in mind, I'm sure there's a lot, but yeah, I mean, one thing that influenced me a lot was, um, I mean, I was always into pop music and what was things that were going on, and then when I was quite young, my brother's friend left uh, the second Velvet Underground album mm. in the house, and it's got a track called The Gift with um, John Cale narrating a short story by Lou Reed, but it's got 
he's got this big Welsh accent, and I thought they were a local band because <laughs> I was naive to the history. And um, I said, I, I accidentally got into New York junky music at a young age, <laughs> and I think that had a big, profound effect on me. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was a good record for when someone you, to leave yeah. and you to find. That's really cool. <laughs> when you first arrived in New York or you first went to New York, was yeah. it everything you had imagined? Yeah, I went down to, I'm sure it, it had changed, and, but uh, I went down to Tomskine Tompkins Tom, Square. Square Park and... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I was, it was very romantic to me, the whole, uh, just, uh, just being there really, um, and, but, um, yeah, but it's become, maybe it always was, but it feels like a, a resort for millionaires, I think, something we know, in comparison. Yeah, America or New York? Well, yeah, New York mm -hmm. a, a bit, but um, um, what year did you first go there? Because it, it uh, had some grit for a while, but it has ninety six. Oh yeah, yeah. So the yeah, yeah, definitely. Still. There were still junkies yeah. vomiting the, on St. Mark's. Yeah, Please yeah, don't yeah. say vom. <laughs> Can you just yeah, move your taboo. hips or your okay. ass a little bit? Okay, because it's fine. definitely uncomfortable. All right. Are there oh, taboo yeah. words on this, um, on this cast? Uh, uh, do you have taboo words at all? Uh, oh no! Uh, let it, it let it all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, taboo is the only taboo word. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, we do not. Every, not into taboo. Everything yeah. is welcome. This left of center hang. <laughs> No rules, yeah. Um, except of course kindness towards others. <laughs> the yeah. only rule, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's but that's just yeah. a principle we all share. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so Velvet Underground was one of the first at a very young age for formidable, a formidable first. But accidental, band. You know, and I, accidental. I wasn't, I wasn't yeah. hip. It was just. It was just an yeah. accident. But, uh, um, if we somehow manage to get you free Medicare for you and your family, um, do you think we could ever get you to cross the pond and, and come come live here? Um, the, the, yeah, I'm sure they'd live it. You know, for a <laughs> for a bit, I'll I'll have you got a phone? I'll <laughs> I'll tell them the good news. I'll, uh, well, I said it. Yeah, we still need to get a universal. We've got a lot, care. a lot of work yeah. to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But still got some work on that. Yeah. And from San Francisco, you go back to Cardiff. I go to Boston to do a, a radio session, and then I go. Yeah, then I'll end up back in Cardiff. Have you always um, sang, like, or have you have you always has your voice? Have, have you always known your voice and always used it as part of your art and your musicianship? No, um, I was a drummer. I wanted to be a drummer. Well, your drumming on your records are so rad. I know it may not be you, but like, me. but I can tell that 
I don't know. Like it's just produced so beautifully. The drummer's called Cliff, and he was in the Flaming Lips for a long, for a long time, mm-hmm. and um, for a decade maybe. Um, and um, he lives in Cardiff now, and he, he came over and played some drums. And um, but that was my ambition. And um, I started writing songs, and I couldn't find anyone to sing them. And then I just had to sing by default. Um, and, you know, I just sung the lyrics out and didn't think much about it. And then I'm I'm starting to think about it more. Now, maybe in the past year or something, I've been thinking, oh, I should take it seriously. Yeah. Like I said at the beginning, paying your newest record is so positive and happy and joyous and festive. I don't understand any of the lyrics. I'm wondering if the lyrics match that sentiment or that feeling that comes across certainly to me and whether that is something that you were feeling that you were trying to impart to your listener. Um, the lyrics are varied. I, I like subverting um, happy songs with dark lyrics, yeah, and, and vice versa. Ooh. So they, um, so they're quite, yeah, they're, they're more subversive than than happy, really. Um, but I definitely enjoyed the positive outlook. Of of the record mm. uh, and making it and you know we were laughing a lot and you know it was a really fun record to make. And Joy and laughter is so important, I think, especially in these times where there's so much to be upset about and upset about and worried about. And yeah, that being a cause of uh, creating joy in the world is like, you know, an incredible uh, gift to to all uh, all of us and that's how i felt hearing it too was just elation that like oh it was like a, a break you know but it also it just the craftsmanship involved in the record too the way the producer like the mix the cultural mixing that i just loved hearing I you know where it was sit like still when i was listening to it i had yeah. to get up and move it yeah. was, that's so great yeah so such a special experience thank you <laughs> Do you have, um, this? you don't have to answer this, but I'm curious if you are a spiritual person or you have a, a spiritual practice or you, um, or, or just a, a set of principles that you kind of live by? Um, well, I suppose. And whether you know, that differs from what you were taught. I, I sort of believe in humans. It, it, I mean, it, it differs superficially in how I was brought up, but um, I mean, I despair every day. But 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 there are solutions out there, and mm-hmm. that people can harness. Hopefully. Did you say you despair every day? Yeah, but I suppose in, in the context of making music and mm-hmm. using it to try and find a way through the despair and mm-hmm. uh, hopelessness, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think art has that power um, and that it can touch humanity in that way and that and that joy, you know, creating joy within art in times of great sorrow and the joyfulness, uh, you know, of Thomas Mapfumo, yeah. like, 
like the way he plays guitar has the it's it's a counterpoint completely to what's politically always gone on in his country and the lack of and same when, whenever i i hear the most joyful music it tends to come from the most war-torn you know depressed yeah, yeah, yeah. like areas of the world and it's a it's a it's, it seems to be a direct answer to that is to create joy and bring the like those molecules up and refuse to be refuse to be beat down by it yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah and that's the power of art is it actually can do that and and i don't know any like other things that can do that so transformatively and so obviously you know um that can help the people to feel better. It's almost like an antidepressant, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, and what a I suppose, yeah, power. And, and dance music, yeah, can have a, 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 physic, a physical effect. And um, but yeah, my dad was a Thomas Mafuma fan. He was, he had, yeah, he had lots of cassettes. And, a huge, and I'm a huge Thomas Mafuma fan. I saw him once. In he, um, I went to see a group called the Stone Roses when I was young, and they had Thomas Mafumo open up for them. Huh, amazing! And, uh, it, was, it was, which was totally unlikely, and yeah. you know, I saw him once yeah. in New York too, and it was yeah. like wild to see him live. You know, yeah. I'd only ever followed his records, and it was like, whoa, yeah. really cool. The Stone Roses had him open for them. That's yeah. so interesting. They were a radical band, in a way. Yeah. When they started, they went. Yeah. I mean, they had these crazy, huge events. They'd, they wouldn't tour. They'd just put on one show a year or something and, and have, yeah, unlikely openers. And How much live music came through? your neck of the woods that you were able to actually see live in person? Um, not so much. Um, so industrial bands, you know, because uh, uh, I'm from North Wales. Um, it's, you know, fairly mountainous rural area. But there's a university town nearby, so now and again you'd get some cool bands coming through. Um, but what was great and inspiring was, was um, sort of local Welsh language punk bands. Mm. And uh, there was a lot of, there was like a boom in music in my, in, in the town I grew up in when I was a teenager. Um, so there was loads of music being made in the Welsh language. Um, and a lot of the promoters were political activists. Um, um, and so a lot of my political education was through going to shows and um, watching anarchist punk rock bands. And, um, but then now and again, you'd get someone coming through. My sister saw Bob Marley in... Uh, on an ice rink in North Wales <laughs> oh, just wow. before he died, for example. So people, wow. you know, people <laughs> did come. I was too young. You see. <laughs> but, um, but, ja, yeah. Rastafari. <laughs> every time now. <laughs> Amazing. 
Um, Have you ever been, sis, to Cardiff or to Wales? No, but it's. I think it's beautiful from what I've seen of it. I mean, it is a bit uh, rainy all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like a tropical country, but cold. Right. But it's, it's stunning, it's, like very um, cinematic, too. Yeah. You know? It's, it's beautiful. It's like a mini Big Sur or something. Mini Big Sur. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you just said cinematic, sis, it reminded me that that was my initial thought listening to Pang was, I want this to be the soundtrack to my life. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's right. I mean, it's just like so... Um, have you ever worked in in scoring or provided any licensing music for films or anything? A little bit, yeah. Um, I did a soundtrack um, a couple of years ago for, um, well, I mean, I say a couple of years because I can't remember exactly, maybe four or five. Or, Fine. Um, uh, I did music for a film called Sets Fire to the Stars and I put that album out um, and uh, I've done some others um, the most radical one I did for a visual artist called Phil Collins and he did a, a film called This Unfortunate Thing Between Us and there was an utopian shopping channel selling um, instead of selling things, it was selling experiences. Um, and I mean, I, I don't even really know how to begin to describe it, but that you was, have to send I'm going to look it but up. But that's the you most have to send us a link, radical music I've ever made. Uh, I, I need to release it, really. There's like 15-minute German language, spoken word, funk jams, and things like that. Right. Good. Do you do yeah, other good. art? Do you paint or cook, or uh, or is it music is kind of like it for you in terms of creative expression? Um, well, I was... Um, I left school when I was young, and then I was... Making hats on the side. Making hats on oh, the side. Art, oh. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, but hats. It would have been like, cool to make hats. Whoa. Yeah, I should have made hats. <laughs> and uh, I, w I ended up going to arts college and uh, trying to paint and um, I went through all that process. And um, making conceptual art by the end. Um, in that, it didn't. I came out came out the other end, not creating anything in a way, just ideas. So. Hmm. Um, Do you still have any <laughs> of of the nothing that you created? <laughs> Got piles of it. Yeah, can you, yeah. yeah, can you get, bring that out and send us a few images at least? I'd love to see that. Yeah, it's floating, floating in the air. Is there anything you count as like important to you um, that you champion, you know, whether it's in, in activism or, you know, 
being sure to smile 10 times a day or um well i suppose brush your teeth maybe language you know um i'm um on on a practical level day to day with my family and uh um i mean at least a lot of music in english and i i, I love anglo american pop culture and mm. using the english language and um but um But the the sort of but that my kids can go to a Welsh language school, for example, has all come through intense political activism by others over over decades of work. So I, I really appreciate that, and uh, um, and. Um, Welsh language, correct me if I'm wrong, but is very um, ancient and, uh, for lack of a better word, magical language that, uh, you know, is one of the like really bedrock languages in that region that I, that I've, to my knowledge, and I have zero knowledge because we know nothing. That's part of our reason you, for this. We know nothing, but you don't listen because he spent <laughs> like the first 10 minutes talking about the Welsh language. And no, I know, but I'm talking about the Welsh language as it pertains to a kind of magical mysticism that, yeah. that the Welsh language is known for that. And, and along with the cultures that spoke it, uh, you know, due to a lot of Christianity's grip, yeah. Were squashed, right? Along with the, so the language was as fearsome as as the culture, in yeah. a way, yeah. to to the Christians that came, th- you know, that to that took over that part. So that that to me, I could see that the importance of maintaining the heritage of the Welsh, Welsh language is also like maintaining history and and the yeah. true origins of your people basically you know that that area yeah. as opposed to it just being buried and like no that doesn't exist we're, we're a christian country and that's it yeah things like place names you know are really important to keep yeah in, in the original language because they offer clues to um what goes on there mm. like if a name translates as don't build a house here because it's a floodplain <laughs> uh you know like Right. Um, and then, you know, so a developer goes in and renames it Happy Valley or something. Right. And then, you know, like, there are really practical reasons for maintaining indigenous languages. And um, I suppose there's lots of myths in the Welsh language. So that there is that element, you know, that people like Stevie Nicks picks up on and, you know, like the, all the mythology. And then, and then on the other hand, it's, it's just a living... Uh, modern European language as well, so it, it's uh, it, it's um, important to keep both aspects going, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, not so over romanticize it, but then appreciate the culture as well. Mm-hmm. For, mm. 
How many kids do you have? Do you mind us asking? Uh, I've got three kids. So when I was making the record, I um, dropped them off in school and then go to my friend's house, Chrissy, and drink some strong coffee and then record till like half past two and then come pick them up. <laughs> and then that was the routine. So it's just like... Uh, it's your day job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, well, it wasn't like a job. Of but, course not, but, uh, yeah. But it was a schedule that worked that, for that. <laughs> that was all I could do, yeah. <laughs> but, um, so this was like a morning daytime record. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, does it does it feel like that? Yeah, does it? I think it kind of... Yeah. I, it, it does in that it feels like sunshine. Yeah. yeah. You know, exactly. it's, it's so bright. Yeah. Um, sunshine but I'm happy else. to have garnered that little tip or that hint that, yeah. that, 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 that maybe that had something to do with it. I mean, seeing as it was recorded in Cardiff, there was probably no sunshine when you were recording it. Sunshine in Wales is the alternate title. <laughs> yeah. We, <laughs> We had we had like a heat wave in February or something. I mean, it, things are going wrong everywhere, yeah. I guess. But the, but when when Muzi came to mix, we yeah, I suppose the hours got uh, yeah longer, and we were in a kind of room with no window, and that yeah, that it became more. Like a club. As you do. I mean, have you ever <laughs> recorded either one of you ever? I mean, there's, have you ever been in a studio that's all windows and bright? Oh, it's so great and, when it happens because it's so unusual. Yeah. yeah, it is really unusual. But the, but I recorded it. It was, yeah, it was just my friend's house at the window and it was nice. It didn't feel like it was making a record. No. Mm-hmm. It was um, how, uh, do you prefer to, do you do all the songwriting by yourself? Have you ever collaborated with anybody else with your, in your previous band, etc.? And is there one that you prefer for one reason or the other? Um, yeah, it's, it's so different. And yeah, I've, uh, I've written loads myself and I've collaborated loads. Um, and, um, Pang, that it was a really open record, so I really appreciated everybody. Like Gavin, who played brass, he came up, came up with some lines, and you know, I just tried to encourage it. And so it was very collaborative, and Muzi completely deconstructed it and rebuilt it, and he brought so much to it. So it wasn't like a, I did sit down with an acoustic guitar and write some songs, but then they got completely changed and I was sort of open And to you it. liked it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. Well, who did the artwork on your album cover and what does it represent for you? <laughs> the um, artist is called Mark James and what it represents to me is that it's like a, a beautiful sunny day, but then this these concrete, heavy objects spelling out pang. So it's like when you're 
have a pang of regret or hunger or something. Just, oh, like, you know, everything's good, but you remember some, oh, no, you know. So that that's what the artwork represents to me. But he's an interesting artist. He did, um, my favourite thing he did was, um, he got his four or five of his friends to video the sky on their phones at exactly the same time, looking out to this island in the sea off the coast of Cardiff. And, um, all from he, the same point of view, or were they all in... They were all in sort of different towns and kind of around, and then he took all the footage and he inserted uh, a comet uh, flying in, in um, digitally, but it looked real. And um, and then he posted it to all the news agencies around oh, the world. That's such a great art piece. And uh, yeah. within <laughs> you know thirty minutes, it was sort of Fine. on the news worldwide and yeah. oh, in, on the news in Russia, and uh, and it, it did look real, but it was yeah. So he does things like that. That's well. the impact. <laughs> that is a great. Yeah. Love art like that, psych art. <laughs> is there um, a, a rich um, foundation of art for you in your community in in Wales? Not only yeah. your own, but yeah, definitely, uh, and um, yeah, especially in music and um, in. I mean, it's a very diverse place, like like an, anywhere, you know. But so there's music being made in lots of different languages in Welsh and English, and um, lots of different communities sort of um, interweaving, you know. Uh, we could pivot to talk about the last and most important question to us is is uh, who you'd like to highlight on the show, who you'd like to launch, what artist you think is doing something that we should know about out there in the wide world. Um, and so, yeah, can you speak to us a little bit about who you've brought us to listen to today? There was someone who was completely obvious. Uh, I was thinking uh, a record I've enjoyed a lot this year, uh, is a record going by the name of B2. He put out a solo record this year um, called B2, which is spelled B-I-T-W. Um, is there I, any way we could get you to say in Welsh, I am Griff Rees and I, and the band I am launching is... Oh yeah, Venui ydi Griff atwi and Elkrimi Pablon Granta Arbitu um I record with the with her um Yahvario. Um but it's another Welsh language track that I thought people would understand musically and it's a 
a really good kind of pop song. Right on. Can't Thank wait. you so much <laughs> for sharing so that much. with us. We're really looking forward to it. Um, and thank you for being on our show. Oh, uh, thanks for having me. It's and thank you for making the music that you make yeah. and sharing it with the world. Uh, yeah, uh, really unbelievable. Important. Oh, wait, I have one more question. Sorry, I just realized. Have you always been so soft-spoken? In, I mean, is there a time in your life that you um, drank too much and jumped off this? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the time. Yeah, I, I mean, I've had shows where I've sort of jumped off stage and things, but they usually because I tripped or something, and then <laughs> I was trying to make it look, you know, like convincing. I didn't trip; I was just going to jump off stage or something. So it's. Um, yeah human reaction to tripping by the way everybody does that <laughs> so i'm like i've I've tried it you know but it's not it doesn't happen very often well thanks for sharing your gentle spirit with us this has been so calming and lovely <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much thanks for having me i mean you couldn't we couldn't you couldn't have picked a more opposite person know, to sit across I, I feel bad for him thank I was god like, he's not wearing headphones and he doesn't have to hear my voice like <laughs> in his head. Yeah. i mean i know at least there's a little bit so, like the acoustics in like here we should are pretty apologize for how abrasive <laughs> we've been yes that's we're a good such one a let's start sp- let's okay. do it we're really sorry for being so abrasive wait why with you your gentle because you were the one who wears more i'm always the one Oh, 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 oh,
Hashtag Schools Not Prisons is the leading brand at the intersection of art, culture, and activism. Since 2016, Hashtag Schools Not Prisons has reached millions of people and connected hundreds of artists with grassroots youth-serving organizations across the United States. Hashtag Schools Not Prisons supports campaigns that are creating a new vision of safety centered on health, healing, and investing in people. Hashtag Schools Not Prisons is produced and managed by Revolve Impact, an award-winning creative agency and content studio that utilizes radical imagination, art, and culture to communicate ideas, connect brands with causes, and advance social change. For more information, visit schoolsnotprisons.us. Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. Who's out dancing?